0: Before we get started, have you gotten my free ebook, 5 Powerful Steps to Win Your Morning? Go to thesuccess.life forward slash 5 Powerful Steps. This ebook has 5 powerful strategies you can implement right away to help you have more energy, clarity, and focus, and accomplish more in less time. Go to thesuccess.life forward slash 5 Powerful Steps and get your copy today. Welcome to the Intentional Leadership Podcast. This podcast will help you break through the barriers, holding you back from the true life of significance you are meant to live. I'm your host, Janelle Bruland, and I invite you to join me each month as I share leadership lessons and specific strategies to transform your leadership, crush your goals, and love your life. As a high-achieving entrepreneur, there was a time when I was overwhelmed doing all of the things and found myself overworked and overcommitted. Through the power of intention, I learned how to shift my mindset and create success habits to achieve a healthy work-life balance and true joy in my life. Now I'm here to help you do the same. Don't just be the CEO of your business, be the CEO of your life. Let's get started. Hello everyone, and welcome to the Intentional Leadership Podcast. I am so excited to have a very special guest with us today, and her name is Dr. Katrina Ubell. And let me tell you a little bit about her before we get started. She's a master certified life and weight loss coach who struggled with her own weight for decades before finding a permanent solution. In 2016, she founded a weight loss program that has helped over 1,300 physicians achieve the same peace and freedom surrounding food. Her podcast, Weight Loss for Busy Physicians, has been downloaded over 6 million times And she is the author of the book, How to Lose Weight for the Last Time, Brain-Based Solutions for Permanent Weight Loss. Welcome, Katrina. So glad to have you with us. I'm so glad to be here, Janelle. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you bet. Well, it was so fun. It's been fun getting to know you in a group that we've been together in for the last couple of years now. And we were having a really interesting conversation. We do similar work where we help busy people really get their life in order. And you really have this focus on on weight and weight loss. And that so often comes out of having just a really busy work schedule and putting everything um, in front of your own self and your own health. So that just ties in so well with my audience of listeners who are entrepreneurs with really full lives. A lot of them have a lot of heavy responsibility with work, but they have families too. They're trying to balance their health.
1: So I'm just excited about this this conversation that we're going to have today. Absolutely. I mean, I think there is so much overlap. You know, what I often say about weight loss and, and overeating, stopping overeating and things like that is that, you know, maybe about 20% of it is about the food, but 80% of it is actually not about the food. It's about everything else. And the food is just the solution that we use to try to, you know, get through everything else we have going on.
0: I agree with that. That's such a good point. Well tell us a little bit about yourself Katrina and how you got down this journey to be able to help other physicians.
1: Yeah, well so I'm a pediatrician and worked in practice for over 10 years in a general practice and never ever thought I would be an entrepreneur like that was just not even on my radar as a thing to do at all. But what had been happening for me really most significant most significantly starting in medical school was uh, my struggle with my weight and i think prior to that i definitely you know maybe didn't always have the healthiest relationship with food but with just like youth on my side and being more active i was able to keep it in check once i got into medical school and things really started ramping up i no longer had time to be as active and uh, i was sedentary a lot and very tired very stressed and i didn't know any other way to deal with that, you know, essentially how to help myself get through that. And so food kind of became that constant companion. It's an easy way to keep yourself awake. It's an easy way to make yourself feel better when things are hard or, you know, it's there's just, you know, obviously, as you can imagine, a lot of emotions that come up around that. And so I went to Weight Watchers for the first time at the end of um, of my medical school um, journey. And then I probably went back about 10 times over the next 20 years or so, um, gaining and losing about 40 pounds um, every single time, and never actually being able to maintain it. And it was really, really frustrating, as you can imagine, as a doctor, to just feel like I'm I'm obviously smart, I'm an expert in the human body. And I cannot figure this out. Like what is actually going on here? You know, um, it, it just got more and more frustrating over time. And the thing that a lot of people don't really realize, but I'll just point out is that When you're a doctor, you know, you're giving health advice to patients and families and, um, and, you know, overeating and weight is a problem that's unique because it's something that people can see on your body, right? They can see that you struggle with it. Whereas with most problems in our lives, people cannot see it on you, you know, (laughs) like, that's, that's that's, you know, and so, so it is evident on your body. And so, and you know, how I felt and how so many of my my clients um, have felt when they've shared with me is this, you know, frustration just in general of not being able to figure it out. But then besides that, an extra layer of embarrassment, humiliation, shame mm. around being a doctor and giving people advice and clearly not following it yourself or struggling with it yourself, you know, kind of feeling like a hypocrite or things like that, or You know, some some uh, doctors have told me, you know, they would have women come in and say, I really want to lose weight. What should I do? And they gave them advice to go to this program or this program, knowing full well that wasn't going to work for them. But they didn't know what else to say because they didn't know what worked. And so I was just just like anybody else, super busy, unpredictable schedule. Um, you know, at this point that I had three kids and, you know, just trying to figure it out and finally realized like, this isn't working. I have to try something different. And I tried a whole bunch of other things that didn't work, but then I landed on life coaching very, very randomly. I didn't even really know what it was, but I had started to realize, I think there's an emotional component to this. And, uh, and, and I don't even really know what that means or what to do about it, but it seems like a life coach might be able to help me. And that was the thing that really changed everything for me and so much so that I was able to lose that weight and I've kept it off. But uh, but I was also really drawn to learning how to help other women physicians with the same problem because I really thought I was the only one who struggled. And so then I realized, wait, I think there might be some other people who struggle with this too. And that's how I started in entrepreneurship. So that was seven years ago. <laughs> and... Um, it really has turned into this new passion uh, for me and really helping free, not even just women physicians, but everybody from this um, struggle that so many people have. So my my ultimate vision is really to help change the way the whole medical community approaches weight loss, because when that gap is kind of filled in, you know, <laughs> like people understand that there's more to it than just what's typically been offered as advice, then it helps everybody, anybody who who goes and sees a doctor.
0: Right. Right. Well, it's wonderful to hear that a life coach was able to to help you really fill in that big picture because I think that is often the mistake, not just with, say, an eating problem or weight problem, but really with a number of things that get people stuck is they mm-hmm. think it's one thing, but really you can't just put work aside from your health and health aside from your family, but we need to take this holistic approach to All of the life areas, because we need to have balance in all of that. That all has to be healthy. Because as I'm working with a lot of business leaders, as I'm helping them in their business, a lot of times they're stuck in some way. There's something that's holding them back. And when we really peel back the onion, there's something going on personally that they haven't dealt with. And it is Mm -hmm. that in that emotional space, in the behavioral patterns that have have been just set as this ongoing continual issue. And like you said, with, with the weight loss, you were able to get it off, but then it would come back on again because just through the willpower or some of these other methods, just eat this, you can only do that for so long. So it's not
1: just saying it's really changing your life and your aspect. What I often say is if the way that you're able to get through your life, is uh you know like your emotional life which is all of our lives are emotional lives but like if food is like your your life ring you know say you're out in the cold you know ocean you know and and you're sitting there treading water but you can hang on to this life ring to keep you afloat and that life ring is food and then you go on a diet and you pull that life ring away then what do you have yourself, you you know you can sit there and tread water until you get tired, right? So why do we go back to overeating? Why do we grab for that rig again? Because we don't know even how to get out of the ocean and into the boat that's right next to us, you know, we don't know how to actually give ourselves what we need, which is to get out of the ocean. So it really makes a lot of sense that when people are like, I gotta get healthier and I'm gonna follow this, you know this plan and often when we have that kind of mentality, it's something pretty restrictive. You know, like a really big change, not something that's necessarily super easy to follow, but we want to see quick results. You know, we can do that for only so long. But, you know, if if you are using food to help solve for your emotions, you know, then, then you have to learn another way to help yourself with your emotions. Right. Well, I was raised by two German immigrants. I have an engineering background. I'm a doctor. We had totally stuff our emotions like I didn't know anything <laughs> <Buck> about this. <laughs> Yeah, I know, like I I really honest to goodness was like in my 40s and did not know what I, I was like, I don't know how to feel. I don't even know words for feelings like I need mm-hmm. someone to teach me this. And And when you learn how to identify your emotions, how to process them, how to support yourself when you are having normal human emotions, then food just gets to be food, right? Like you're not asking food to nourish you and support you and take care of your emotions. It's like, no, you've got your emotional life. You know how to support yourself over there. And then food gets to be something that tastes good in pr- appropriate amounts, supports your body, get to have occasional pleasure from it, you know, like extra pleasure. But also, like, I, in my opinion, what I always say is like everything you should be eating should taste good to you. <laughs> you know, like, there's, right. like, we don't need to be eating like weird diet, frankenfood type strange stuff <laughs> to, to be, you know, be able to to lose weight and maintain it. In fact, when our food tastes good and is satisfying, we're much less likely to go and overeat other things to try to get that satisfaction that we're we're looking for. So, so I think that's the simplest way that I can describe it. Like that's really what I help people to do. I mean, I can give some some recommendations, you know, on certain foods and ways of eating that can be more supportive. But you know what I find is that that, that like I said, it's a real small small piece of the puzzle. It's really looking at everything and else and similar to what you were saying. What I find is my clients, you know, at the end of working with me are like, I weigh what I did in high school or at my wedding or whatever, but that's not the best part. They always say that the best part is my marriage is better. I love my job again. I'm not burned out anymore. My relationship with my kids is so much better. You know, all of those things. So all we fix all of those things, you know, we go and we we improve all those things. And then guess what? You don't need to overeat (laughs) and then you lose weight. It's like it's a different uh, perspective and and how to approach the problem. Oh, definitely, it's just a complete lifestyle
0: transformation. Really, mm-hmm. you're using food for the right things, and you don't have to exactly use it for that life raft anymore, exactly. which is really great. Well, you talk about a great point when you when you get there, it gives you the opportunity to then really look at all of your life holistically. And no matter how well we think we have things going, we always have ways that we can improve. There's always things that we can do to improve our our leadership and our life, our entrepreneurship. And as we move forward, oftentimes we'll find that there are other things. Seasons change. As we had children, they're at different ages. They need different things. There's things changing in our career, maybe in our marriage. And we had a really great conversation that ended up turning into a coaching conversation where I was able to coach you on some things that I have learned Mm -hmm. and it kind of went a direction that I didn't expect it to go. And that was really a fun conversation. So I thought it would be really helpful to our listeners to talk about that balance between work and family and about that particular conversation.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you want me to kind of lay the groundwork sure. for where we were? Okay. Well, so we were we were just eating lunch and it was a, a group of us women all sitting around um eating and and I shared that my youngest child is 10, she had been um struggling a little bit more at home and just having kind of some some, you know, and even as a pediatrician, right? We still don't always know exactly what's going on, you know, <laughs> like you know, sometimes crying at night and she couldn't tell us why and When I would go out of town to travel for work, she would um, struggle more with, um, you know, with sleeping and um, just was just kind of struggling, but wasn't really able to articulate what the problem was. So we were trying to kind of like racking our brains, like, what could it be? Is there something else? Like, if she could just tell us, like we just really didn't know what to do next. And so, of course, I was away. I was I was traveling when we were having this conversation. And so, I had been checking in and and you know trying to help my husband to you know support from afar and and just kind of sharing about that. And at that time, we were having that conversation. I think the the upcoming month, I had like maybe three more times you know trips planned, times I was right. going to be away. And I was just trying to think like you know like commitments, you know things I had agreed to do, some work, um, some personal and just going like, how am I going to do this? Like, you know, I mean, I always like, we know how we, it's easy to say when you're working, like, well, I can't cancel that. Well, everything right. is cancelable. Like if you're in the hospital, you're canceling, you know what I mean? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like everything is really cancelable. So I was really thinking to myself, I mean, maybe I should just like wipe it clean and just, you know, just be home. But then trying to figure that out, that balance of like, you know, but I also have a business to run and a life as a human and and just trying to figure that out. And, and you know, the, the majority of the kind of advice or thoughts about it were along the lines of like, you know, she'll get used to it. You know, are you talking to her every day? You can FaceTime her, you know, some things like that. Um, some of the ideas were like, oh, you could just bring her with you, which I actually don't think is a bad idea at all. Right. Um, but with the things that I was going to be doing and with, like, the particular topics that I talk about, um, I don't know that they're always, like, real, you know, the the suitable topics for the ears of a 10-year-old girl, you know. Um, it's definitely more adult conversations typically or kind of real sharing of vulnerable, you know, subjects that might not be appropriate for her. So while that was, like, a decent idea, I just didn't really feel like it was probably going to work so much. And then things kind of swung around to you and... Do you want to do you want to say what you sure.
0: said? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um it was interesting because I was listening to these conversations of other entrepreneurs and especially women entrepreneurs and and it just is really the the opinion that seems to be the one that society presents most especially I think among women leaders because there's been over the course of so many years, as you know, we've had to really stand up and just say, we can work and have a family and we can't do these things. And we fought for a place at the table and all of that. So hearing everyone saying, oh, this is good for her. It's good for her to see that you know her mom's an entrepreneur and the success that she's having and that women can go out and do this. And and, and that sort of thing. And, and that's all true and right if that's what you want. And I think, you know, in my book, The Success Lie, it talks about how everyone has to define their, their own version of success. And so as I'm hearing all of this, I thought, well, I have a different opinion and I coach my clients in a different way. And my suggestion to you was to really stop and take a moment to think about it and what your priorities were, what your values were and how you wanted to see your daughter go through this um, place in her life. Mm-hmm. And that me now having grown daughters and looking back, there are times in my own career where I wish I would have understood where the better, where the child was emotionally. I think we know a lot more about that than we did you know even 10 years ago. And that those feelings are really real that, that your daughter's having and to really take a look at that because um, I, I the best advice I ever got and that now I use is that that conference can wait. There'll always be another conference, but there's never going to be, and this is what I said to you, there's never mm-hmm. going to be another time where your daughter is this age and needs you in this way. In a blink of an eye, she's going to be grown up. Yeah. So don't miss this moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we kind of ended the lunch there a little bit i think you were reflecting on that and then you came up to me like an hour later and just said that that just really resonated with
1: mm-hmm. you and mm-hmm. and was gave you something to think about so it really it really did because i think that you know when we share our lived experiences It just gives us all the perspectives, all the things to think about. Like, you don't know, uh, obviously, my, you know, specific daughter and that specific thing. But what you do know is what happened to you and how you approach things and how, you know, Like, you know, the word regret, I think, is sometimes kind of a tricky one where it's like, you know, knowing sometimes we can look back and go, well, knowing what I know now, (laughs) because I know it worked out like I would have maybe done something differently. But at the time, you didn't know, like you made the best decisions you could with the information you had. But you're still also allowed to look back and go, hey, you know what, if I had a do over, Mm -hmm. I think, you know, again, knowing what I know now with the perspective and knowledge and experience I have now and wisdom. I'd maybe go back and adjust that a little bit. And so if we can learn from one another in that way, I mean, incredible. And I think actually part of what I think really resonated or spoke to me in what you were saying is that it it just kind of was sort of where I was drawn to anyway. It was almost like I needed someone to just be like, it's okay to do that. You know, and I had a a little bit give me permission. permission. Yeah. Like it's okay to just go, Hey, yeah, you know what? Like, you know maybe you will give up some opportunities who knows and you're going to be grateful that you did in the future and i think the other reason why it really landed with me is because my oldest child is now a senior in high school so was uh, finishing his junior year when we first talked about this right. so he is, it is almost over with him. So I know mm-hmm. what you're saying is true. You know, yes. when they're three and it's your oldest and they're like, it'll be over before you know it. You're a little right. bit like, I don't know if I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I was like, no, you're right. Because I cannot believe that it has gone so fast with him. Mm-hmm. Particularly that second kind of half of their lives feels so much faster, like infinitely faster. Definitely. And, um, and, and oh, let's be honest. I mean, every child is different and stuff, but. You know, sometimes girls and moms in those early teen years, you know, it can be, it can be a challenge. And I really felt like there was a part of me that really felt like we're building the foundation today for where we're going to be on the other end of what I, you know, hope will be, hope, hope will be relatively smooth, you know, transition right. through adolescence, but right. you never really know, but kind of thinking about it as like, I want her to always know, that when she needed me, I was there for her. Right. And so what does that look like? Obviously, I can't control what she thinks. I mean, I could be there all the time and she could believe that I was never there for her. So exactly. really not. But I want to know for myself that I did what I could do to be there. And so that has, I mean, just your words are still in my ears, just thinking about, um, you know, things that I have coming up. Um, I, I really have scaled back a lot in terms of speaking, things that require travel, really thinking about it more from a, a true values alignment perspective, you know, mm-hmm. what am I getting out of going and doing this thing? Is it worth the price that I'm paying? Because there is a cost. Yes. You now there is a cost, even if it's just like you're tired, you slept in a hotel, whatever, like no matter what you're doing, right. there's going to be a cost. And, um and so you know, am I okay with what that is? And uh, so yeah, I mean, I just am so appreciative for you being willing to go against the grain. Sometimes it's easiest just to agree with everybody in the in the group. But you didn't. You said, look, I had a different experience than that. And and you weren't like, and you're all wrong. You're just like, I'm just going to lay my experience here for you. To think. Right, right. Yeah, I think it's very really- accessible. It's easy to receive it in that
0: format. Oh, that's good. I'm glad. And what's been interesting is I found so many clients have resonated with that the ones who have felt and especially, especially men, um, I had a speaking engagement where I talked about the whole work-life balance, and did use the word regret. Of you don't, you don't want to put everything into your business mm-hmm. and miss the moments with your kids, and then give, and then they grow up, and you don't have the relationship, and you regret the fact that you didn't spend the time with them, that yeah. you missed those games, that you didn't focus on deepening that relationship as well. Yeah. And there was a a gentleman that came up after one of my talks in tears and just said, I really needed to hear that because Mm -hmm. I'm making a decision in this next week and I'm changing, I'm changing my course of action because Mm -hmm. of what you said here today, because I want to make sure that I don't have those personal Mm regrets, So I think it's important. And and everybody has to determine what success means to them. And like we talked about having those values identified. And we have to be willing to go against the grain because I really do believe society tells us that that the work is so important, that that Mm -hmm. should come first. And we wear this badge of honor by having this accolade and doing this, and we have um, this many speaking engagements and this many podcast downloads, mm-hmm. and all of the things, and those all feel good because we know we're making an impact. That's important. Mm-hmm. We're called to do that. But you and I agree. We're both, we're called to be a really good parent and to raise mm-hmm. these little
1: humans to be the best that they can possibly be. And that's such an right. important role
0: as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I know people as well, doctors, in fact, where, you know, they have like a very busy, you know, maybe surgical background or whatever. They just, you know, lots of emergencies, constantly gone and thinking, you know, I'm providing for the family. I'm going to make all this money. And then when the kids are all older, we'll like use all this money and we'll all go travel together. We'll go do all these things. And then getting to that place and realizing, wait, they all have their own lives. Like, you know, they're getting married now. They're going to, they can't, they're, they have jobs. They can't just like come with us and do whatever we want to do, you know? I... And and not really uh it kind of feeling like, oh, I think I maybe just mix this up. Like the mm-hmm. priorities of that, you know, were a little mixed up. So it's like, you know, yeah, maybe it will impact, you know, the your bank account, you know, like and and, and yes. you have to decide if you're okay with that, you know, like how much money do you really need? And and like you said, like how do you how do you define success? Like, what is it that you really want? And I, I feel like in the seven years I've been an entrepreneur again because I'm you know still rel- overall relatively new to, to doing that and running a business, but um, also really came with zero business background. Never took a business class a day in my life, and never read a business book. Like I was completely, it was just like an <laughs> accidental entrepreneur kind of a thing. Kind of joke that I I came in, I was like a vacuum. I had like negative knowledge around running a business. But so, so there's been so much learning and it was very easy, particularly with early mentors that I had to focus on that revenue number and my mm-hmm. profit and how much money, you know, like what, how much money do I have and, and, and what can I do with that money? And right. over time, I've really realized, you know, I mean, it's fun to make money. Sure. I'm not going to say it's not, you know what I mean? It's fun, fun to have that for sure. But it actually doesn't really provide me with what I need to feel good day to day. Like even working super hard, making a ton of money, you know, kind of like working super hard at my own expense, making a ton of money and then going on an amazing vacation for 10 days, that doesn't, for me personally, uh, it doesn't make up for the sacrifice, like what I've realized is like, you know, what is your actual life? It's your day to day. It's now it's here. It's this right now. If you're not liking that and by you, I mean me, you know, like right, telling exactly. myself, if you don't like what's happening right now, it's your job to fix that. Like no one's coming to rescue you. They're, like no one's going to come and save you and say, oh, you know what? You should take some time off and go out in nature and take a walk. No, I have if that's something that's important to me, then I need to make sure that happens for me. That's been the last couple of years, like a, a thing I've really worked on, like, what do I want my day to day to look like? And creating that and then from that place, like enjoying the day to day more, which is your actual life, you know, the vacations really are not a huge part of your life. And you can still get to make money, you know, that kind of this fallacy that if I, if I take the foot off the brake or off the gas a little, it's all going to fall apart or something bad's going to happen. Then you realize like, actually not that much is different. No,
0: (laughs) and it's really not the case. And I think that it's important to find something that you're passionate about, like what you're doing and and that you love and you're providing an impact, but we can get so caught up in the profit making, and the revenue making, that we get used to this grind and then we yeah. don't know how to give it up. And, yeah. and I think going back to the values piece, I remember as a young entrepreneur, when my kids were small, my facility management business that I was, that I founded and was running and it was growing, it was really successful and fun, but my kids were small and I remember meeting with this very renowned business consultant at the time in my industry, and I was so excited to get a meeting with him and and hear from his wisdom and expertise. And I had said to him that I had some really exciting growth, and I was I was looking forward to to doing more. I wanted to double my business in the next five years, and I said, but right now I'm not working full time. I have two young children still at home, a teenager. And I want to keep this schedule that I'm working on now because my family is my first priority. And he said to me, well, that's not going to work. If you want to grow your business to the next level, then you need to be putting in 50, 60 hours a week and really be committed to taking it there. You can't work part time and run this thing and take it to this next level. And I remember going away from that so defeated at first and thinking, hi, well, now what do I do? Mm -hmm. And then I thought to myself, well, why not? I'm going to figure it out because- Exactly. Like, like, well, I'll show him it is possible. Exactly. (laughs) And I ended up taking, committing to, I'm going to take Fridays fully off every week. I'm going to stay committed to this part-time schedule. And I grew my business 120% in the next two. So I had this abdominal growth by going exactly against the brain and what this consultant (laughs) said to do and being able to focus on the kids, keeping that priority, being at their events. And I knew that by making that decision that that I may not have the growth. Mm -hmm. Um, I just was able to surround myself with some really amazing team that I could delegate things to. And then that allowed me to only do what I was best at and be able to help Mm -hmm. others help. And so that way I could keep my part-time schedule. So I often encourage entrepreneurs as they're growing their business and they're finding that they, they are just continuing to grind and grind and grind is to look at how can you bring other people around you that can take some of these things off of you so that you can maintain a schedule that's still that enjoyable schedule
1: Mm -hmm. and one that you can be
0: with your family
1: absolutely i think i mean for sure doing that is really good and i just want to give a a little addendum to that because it's been an interesting experience in my business recently i always wrote all of our copy for the whole for everything um for many many years and then we thought you know what i shouldn't have to do this uh and so we have over the last several years um, tried to find a copywriter, like somebody who could really write very well, like in the brand voice, which is essentially my voice. But you know, like, it's, it's not like very fancy stuff or anything, uh, you know, like technical or anything like that. And just, you know, even after devoting a lot of time, energy, you know, onboarding, training, all that just really not being able to get there at all. Mm-hmm. So several months ago, I was like, you know what, I, I, this editing of other people's, you know work that's so subpar is so draining for me. I dread it. I hate every minute of it to the point where I feel like I end up kind of accepting mediocre work because I'm so done trying to help them to make it better. Like right. I could just write, I could have written it myself so much faster. And so I, I said to the team, I said, look, I'm taking the copywriting back. And nobody liked that. They're like, what? No, you shouldn't. <laughs> do Not because I don't do a good job. I do do a good job. Right. But right. because they didn't want me spending my time doing that. And I said, you know what? Let me just try. Let me just get back in there and like get back, like get the brand voice where it needs to be. And we'll see. Mm-hmm. And what it's been so fascinating to see, like, first of all, how much faster I just get it done. Right. Like the review process, everything took forever. It slowed the whole team down. Now we created a whole system where my assistant basically receives any copy writing, you know, requests and she knows exactly how to make sure she has every single supportive piece of information that I could possibly need when I sit down to write it, puts it into this tracker. It's all fancy. She's like a a, a Google Sheets wizard. So, um, so, you know, I have everything I need and then when I'm done doing it, I just check a box and it emails the person who, uh, you know, who requested it so they know it's done. And it's actually been a really fun, creative project for me. Something that I used to dread so much and I hated, like all the editing and reviewing. Now I do it in so much less time. I do it better than anything that we, you know, anyone else was doing it. And I actually kind of enjoy it. It's like kind of scratches that creative itch for me. It's like, we you know, we got to be careful that we don't delegate away the things that we're actually really uniquely qualified to do a lot. <laughs> I agree. And sometimes Even if it seems not. like someone else should be able to do it.
0: Right, and I, I think you bring up a really great point. And I'm, I'm really proud of you that you took the step to try because I think sometimes it's just that trial and it doesn't work or it does work process. And so this particular thing you thought, let's look at this strategically, it makes sense to remove this from your plate but mm-hmm. you removed it and it actually created more work. Yeah. And so bringing it back, it actually is a fit that that's, that yeah. is part of your work, something that you can enjoy doing. It inspires your creativity, which then helps you in the teaching mm-hmm. that you're doing yeah. as well. So, totally. so that's all good. And sometimes it can just take a while. I know that I've had in hiring leaders in my business that you think somebody interviews really, really well, you think they're going to be the perfect uh, person to bring yeah. in and take on you know, ABC and yeah. they end up not being the right person. Yeah. Like Dan Sullivan says, they're not the right who, and it can yeah. be really difficult to find the right who. And mm-hmm. sometimes that takes it a, a few times as well. But mm-hmm. for you in this case, it just sounded like it was better
1: in your hands. Maybe for yeah. now. And Maybe. if for now, and I'm open to changing that in the future. I, you know, I've, I've, um, kind of identified for myself that there are certain things that we don't do regularly that I don't love maybe writing so much of, or I kind of would like some help on, and then thinking, well, you know, we can just hire a contractor to come and help us with that. You know, like, yes. there are people who are really excellent and come in and do it as a project-based, you know, uh, kind of, kind of, um, you know, set of of tasks. And that's great. And they do a great job. And then I don't have to do that. But like, the regular day to day, I just feel like, for now, it's it's mine, and then we'll see. I always oh, but you know. One of the things I say all the time is that I reserve the right to change my mind. So, <laughs> <laughs> if I want to do something different, I, I will. I like that. No,
0: <laughs> that's that's great.
1: Well, any anything
0: else that you would like to share that's been helpful for you since we had our coaching conversation with your family that you you've done to help you better balance work, family, health, and kind of that whole holistic. Yeah.
1: You know, I will I will share one thing um, that I just think it's important to just let people know, because I think especially as a parent, even when you're a pediatrician and you know a whole lot about a whole lot when it comes to kids, you still can be totally stumped or you're just really not sure what the thing is to do. Or like in this case with my daughter, I was so, so kind of flummoxed. I was like, I don't know what's going on with her. And um and to the point where then I was like, oh, my gosh, it's like someone abusing her or something. She can't tell me, you know, like my brain started going to like, <laughs> yes, all these things, you know, and like, thank goodness it wasn't that. Um, but you start to wonder, like, oh, my gosh, am I missing something really big, maybe or whatever it is. Right. And so I got some really great advice from a different friend. And she said, you know what? You need to go find a therapist for her to talk to so that you can just be the mom. OK, you get to go just be the mom and listen and support her and find out what she needs. But let somebody else who's skilled in this do sort of the digging, so to speak, to like figure out what is actually going on. Right. And nice. um, and so I ended up actually remembering about this uh, therapist that I used to send uh, some of my patients to. who They all really loved her. And so I reached out to her to see if she would be um, available. And so um, so my daughter's been seeing her now for I don't know, maybe six months or or maybe even a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. And it was precisely as that, like she was so skillful in helping my daughter to identify because she really did not know. It's like, (laughs) she did not know what to tell us. Right. right. So she helped her to identify, helped her to identify what she was struggling with so she could tell us. And then she also needed a lot more education on emotions and, You know what they mean and how to interpret them and language surrounding that and um, and sometimes you know i'm asked to sit in and contribute or i listen and you know what i've just noticed again and again is is how supportive the thinking is that the therapist offers my daughter like she's becoming this like additional support system, because sometimes from their parents, they don't want to hear it, you know, but she tell her again, like, you know, like my daughter said, Oh, you know, and then I was golfing this summer. And that was so great. And she's like, right. And it was great, not because golf is great, but because of the way that you think about it, you know, constantly helping, like reinforcing that idea of it's your perspective, it's your mindset, it's the way you approach this with your thinking that determines how you uh experience it and not like beating her over the head with it, but right. just like sprinkling the breadcrumbs all around. And I feel like what an incredible gift. I'm so grateful to my friend for suggesting it for me to taking up her up on that suggestion because I think in this day and age, with everything we know about everything, <laughs> you know, like about all this stuff, like why would we not want to help a young person who is uh struggling? to do better and i know a lot of people get you know concerned that they're going to want to do medications or all these other things but if you know what you're looking for and you find you know a therapist or counselor or somebody who is in alignment um you know with you in terms of what you're looking for um I, i think it really can be just an incredible gift to the child but then also to yourself like i feel like i am so much better equipped in understanding what the things are that are difficult for her so sure. I can help her and then how you can support it, how I can support her exactly versus me just trying to rack my brain. What could it be? Let you know, haphazardly willy nilly trying this, trying that never falling through on things. So anyway, I just wanted to say that like maybe someone else kind of needs to hear that like you can just be the parent and mm-hmm. find a really great who, you know, using that yes. language, your great expert who are has heard all of this a million times over and can actually help figure out what's going on and make some great suggestions. Um, you know, I think it's also great for you know children then to see like there are people who can help you with this when you're struggling emotionally. There are people who can help you. You don't have to you know struggle or suffer alone. So, right. and that's something come, to put in there. We've come a long way with that because there used to be such a stigma about
0: mental health therapy. Yeah. And and we've just seen the statistics of mental health issues getting worse and worse especially yes. kids and young adults and I think as parents being willing to to look into that when we need to being really curious and aware of what's going on with our kids. Yeah. And talking about the emotional piece which you help clients with and I do too um and really helping people get in tune with their own emotions in their bodies including your kids because yes. I know even as adults, we part of our issues is we're so separated from what's going on inside of us. And just helping my, I have a a seven-year-old grandson who we had a sailing trip that was pretty rough and he got really scared. And since that time, he's had some anxiety about getting out on the water in the boat Mm -hmm. and just working with him to connect with his breath to feel in his body, just to do the little exercises mm-hmm. where you're you're touching your fingers, and you know, just that mm-hmm. simple exercise of going from your pinky to each of your fingers just brings you into your body. And as he learned that, he just felt so capable and excited and that he felt better, just instantly yeah. was able to calm him down when he was getting panicky. I think we can teach our kids grandkids, uh, these coping mechanisms to help them as well, because we're not going to get rid of the stress and the anxiety. There's going to be those types of issues that come up, but we can learn how to deal with it in our bodies by building, learning how to build nervous system resilience. And then we can also seek help. Like when, when we feel like that would be helpful, it makes such a difference when you
1: do. Yeah. Absolutely. So I I just I'm kind of like in this day and age when there's great help available, why would you deny someone of the help that they need?
0: That is so that is so true. And there's the expert in in every field. Why wouldn't you do that?
1: Yeah. And also knowing I think, you know, there are those fears. What if this person like it's kind of a tender relationship? Like, what if this person says some weird things to my kid or whatever? Like, you know, what I actually really loved about this therapist is we actually met with her on Zoom several times first and she gave us my husband and I, some things to work on ourselves first. And she immediately always said, you know, if I, I I may never even see her, you know, like just really helping to empower us. Like we can, we can do a lot of things on her own, you know, and, and then we'll bring her in if we need to, which we decided we did need to, Mm -hmm. but I already felt like we had vetted her, you know, I, I did trust her and it's okay to take your time. i I spoke to other people and there was like one person in particular, she didn't say anything wrong or bad, but I just inside, like my intuition was just like, no, it's just a no with her. And I don't know why. And that, you know, that's something that we can, that gut feeling we can, we can learn to trust it, to tap into it more, to let it guide us. It's like some, it's like an additional sense that we have, you know, that many of us mostly ignore. And, um, and, and that way we know we can trust like when I'm feeling really good about this like things are going to be working out this is the right person to help and and also being willing to pivot anytime we need to you know i'm not married to any of it if if we need to we will
0: No, i agree that's that's great well this has been such a great conversation today and for those who are listening i hope you've learned by listening to katrina and i today that you can look picture perfect on the outside But there's always things that you're working on on the inside. And it doesn't matter how far you've taken your leadership in your life. We always have these things that are going to to come up either in our own lives or with our kids where we may need to take some action. And you can give yourself permission to do that. So we hope that we've, we've shared that with you today, that that's okay, that you can look at your own values and what's important to you. Get really great advice. Seek expert help. But at the end of the day, really look within your own heart, what your own values are, and follow those. Follow those instincts because they're generally right.
1: Absolutely. Totally agree. Well,
0: good. Thank you so much for your time, Katrina. It's been really fun to have you, and we look forward to having another conversation.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much, Janelle. Thanks for the opportunity. Thank you for joining
0: the Intentional Leadership Podcast. Each episode, I teach you to take something in your life and leadership to the next level. Then at the end, I will challenge you to take action on what you have learned. If you're enjoying this podcast, please take a moment to leave a positive review. This helps get the message out to impact as many people as possible. And I encourage you to subscribe to this podcast. That way the episodes will drop each time a new one comes out. Remember, when you grow as a leader, your team will grow and your company will grow you can transform your leadership, crush your goals, and love your life.